0: Treating the Living Word Like a Common Book Sermon Notes by Matt Carpenter My text is taken from Psalms 119 verse 11 and Hebrews 4 verse 12. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And Hebrews 4 verse 12 states, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart the title of this message bears the heart of the reason for spiritual failure it is the reason that in daily life the believers break down and why the adversary has no trouble in overwhelming and overthrowing them in a crisis. This is the core culprit in why they become spiritual hitchhikers who are always depending on someone else's prayers, someone else's wisdom, and someone else's interpretation of the word instead of digging in and knowing it for themselves they become spiritually disabled and have no life of their own independent from others in the family of god they become a yes man no matter if it is the right or the wrong context for the response of yes paul described this handicapped believer in hebrews five verses twelve through fourteen i almost shrink away from pointing out this verse because it can be so personal to so many lives however it says for when for the time ye ought to be teachers ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of god and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat for every one that uses milk is unskilful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe But strong meat belongs to them that are full of age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil after a certain time of walking with the lord the believer needs to be going through a maturing process where they will go from being the one being taught to the one being the leader the teachers and the soul winners paul's sentiment seems to be that it is a pity that they seem to have forgotten the first steps in this divine life. He is noting that instead of them walking in the fullness and liberty and riches of God and His grace, they have halted, they have become stagnant, and there has been no growth or development in their lives. The word of God does not seem to mean much to them, because they have not ingested it as the bread of life. Though there are certain scriptures they can quote, and that bring conviction to them and make them miserable, they avoid and dismiss those and find no life, joy, or peace from the very living Word of God. David said in Psalm 119 verse 105, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Many are trying to find their own way without consulting the Word for direction. This causes the Word, when they do hear it, to just cut and bruise them making them hurt and feel unhappy and discontented when it really should be their nourishment manna sustenance and a healing balm food for the soul and direction for their pathway notice how tenderly paul says in hebrews five that someone teach you the rudiments rudiments are the very beginning steps and basics the foundations as it were and why because instead of living the Word, acting the Word, and taking ownership of the Word, they have remained babies and not developed spiritually. Your mind can never be renewed, strengthened, developed, and transformed by the Word until you begin to practice what is in its pages. It is a living Word, not just a common book. In 1 Timothy 6 verses 6 through 12, we find an extraordinary topic discussed Called the fight of faith it says but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out and having food and raiment let us be there with content but they that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows but thou o man of god flee these things and follow after righteousness godliness faith love patience meekness fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses If we accept this as the living word in our lives, from this passage we can isolate two areas of faith. Firstly the word of faith puts you in a position to do battle. Secondly the prayer of faith puts God in a position to fight for you. If we put both into play it will create a threefold benefit for us as believers. Firstly, as the walk of faith begins, we find direction and freedom from our past life of struggles and lay hold onto a new perspective going forward. Secondly, the word of faith in our lives begins the spiritual maturing process in our hearts and minds and begins to transform us into the new Christ-like creatures we are to be. And thirdly, the life of faith becomes second nature to us, and brings contentment, joy, and peace in our lives, no matter the circumstances we find ourselves in. The other side of the equation is that if we treat the Bible, as it is commonly known as, just as a common book, we will not be able to reap these benefits in our lives. Jesus hit the taproot on the head, as we say in the farming community, in Matthew 7, verses 24-27, through And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Those not built upon the foundation of the living word of God will be swept out by the first tide into the sea. My heart grieves for those who do not want to mature, and who want to remain babes. They will always be found in the nursery, sucking their thumbs, metaphorically speaking, and always whining to have a bottle. This translates literally into them always wanting to be catered to, always fault-finding, always offended about something that is quite irrelevant or irrational. This is not to speak poorly of those who are still babies in the Lord, or those who lack understanding, but of those who intentionally refuse to allow the word to fashion their lives into what God wants them to be. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 3, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, and yet are ye not carnal and walk as men, they are still being led and guided by their own senses and not following the Spirit or walking by faith they are walking just as they were before their first encounter with the master there has been no change no growth no development in their lives whatsoever they are treating the living word as just a common book diseases both physically and spiritually are often of our own making when we are living in this world it happens to both christians and non-christians and both the mature christian and the non-mature with one exception those walking by faith can go to the Lord personally for their healing and strength and peace in their situations. However, those not walking by faith have not learned how to rely upon the Lord for themselves and must rely on others in the church to carry them. Not that we do not need to be uplifted and carried at times. However, there must come a time when we become the one carrying others and not always the one being carried thereby being a burden to others all the time we become a spiritual liability to the body of christ romans twelve verses one through five tells us i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god for i say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as god hath dealt to every man the measure of faith for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of another. Each one of the members of the body of Christ have a function and if we are not pulling our weight or doing our part, we become a hindrance to the body. Those who are called of God and have been given talent and ability from God have a responsibility to the body those who could be influential in the community and the church have been bestowed a position or an office of responsibility and do not fulfil it because they refuse to grow up it becomes a detriment rather than a blessing they become a burden to the church just as when a person has a physical broken leg for example they will have to carry around a cast use crutches for an extended period of time which renders them inoperable matthew seven verses one through five tells us judge not that ye be not judged for with what judgment ye judge ye shall be judged and with what measure ye meet it shall be measured to you again and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye or how wilt thou say to thy brother let me pull out the mote of thine eye and behold a beam is in thine eye thou hypocrite first cast the beam out of thine own eye and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye this message is not to encourage judging one another or for measuring ourselves against ourselves as second corinthians ten verse twelve tells us For we dare not make ourselves of the number, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves, and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. However, it is so we can examine our own spiritual maturity and see if we are using the Living Word of God to its fullest potential in our lives, or just regarding it as a common book. Hebrews 10 verses 23-25 through tells us, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. This is the purpose of this message to provoke us to grow in the faith to our fullest potential just by way of observation some of the reasons christians may be weak in the faith or carnally minded as paul stated but not all-inclusive are they do not attend bible studies they do not have family prayer at home they rarely ask the blessing or give thanks at the dinner table they do not linger in the presence of the lord even if they do go to the altar they do not read the Word of God or have a quiet time with God for themselves. They hang out with the gossipers, backbiters, and busybodies, and they are always finding fault with everyone else. They have become professional spiritual hitchhikers. Going to church and going to the altar are just stepping stones to draw our hearts to want to seek the Lord and His Word for ourselves. They are tools that we should use as needed. However, they are not the culmination of our journey, rather just the beginning. If we feel the need to go to the altar year in and year out seeking for the same thing, it has just become habitual. We have become a spiritual cripple. John 5 verses 1 through 9 tells us a story of a crippled man made whole. After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool, and troubled the water, whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in this case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming another steps down before me jesus saith unto him rise take up thy bed and walk and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked once he received his miracle he did not have to continue to wait by the water as he had done for 38 years he just needed to obey the words of the lord jesus rise take up thy bed and walk satan takes control of us and leads us around by our senses he always rules by fear we become afraid of the what ifs what if i fail what if i really have not been delivered what if i die before i wake he makes us afraid of everything and anything and causes us to doubt and discredit the very living word of god just as he did with eve in the garden genesis three verses one through five tells us of the encounter ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. First note, she did not know the exact command, because God did not say they could not touch the fruit. When she touched it and saw that nothing happened, she was emboldened secondly satan took advantage of her uncertainty and made her question the word of god then he twisted it by adding a partial truth into the equation which would make sense to her they threw away their life's privileges because they lightly esteemed the word of god satan will do the same to us if we only see the word of god as a common book and not as the living word Here are a few thoughts to ponder, contemplate, and study for yourselves in the Bible. Viewing each through the lens of the Living Word or through the lens of a common book will influence on how you see things and will in turn gauge your response. They are, no one has a better standing in the vine or can draw more readily from it than I can as a child of God. When I ask another to pray for my healing or to pray for any of my chronic needs, I reject the gift of healing and I doubt the giver of the promises. My righteousness was given to me by Christ and I am what he made me because of his sacrifice. I repudiate my own righteousness in Christ when I refuse to take my place in Him as a son and lose the privilege of using the authority of His name. When I neglect to study the Word of God or endeavor to live by it, I am in turn not developing the gift He has given me, thereby ignoring all admonition from Him. Sickness is threefold. Physical, mental, and spiritual, I know that much of my sickness is spiritual and I cannot have full, permanent healing in my body until I submit to him and get my spiritual man whole and in harmony with the Word. Treating the illness and pain will have no effect until I fight against the root cause of it. I know that I often walk according to my senses rather than the spirit. These are just a few topics to get you started. We must be a doer of the word, not just a pretender, if we want to see success. James 1 verse 22 puts it clearly, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Keep in mind, those looking on are not deceived, but you cannot see your own folly until you acknowledge him and his word. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 states, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If we know the truth, we will easily be able to detect the lies of Satan. If we do not know what we believe, we can be tricked like Adam and Eve were so long ago. This brought with it grave consequences, not only to themselves but to the world. If we refuse to accept God's promises from the living word as yea and amen to us word, it will not only be us who suffers, but all those around us. Because if we do not believe his word is truth, then the privileges, protection, provisions of the word of God will not apply to us because this is a walk of faith. We must turn off our TVs for a while and put down our magazines and novels and make time to dig into the Bible. It does not matter if it is Grandma's old worn out one that you remember seeing her read as a child or if it's a Gideon's New Testament you found on the sidewalk or a brand new shiny Bible gifted to you with your name engraved on the front of it. It is the words on the inside that are alive. They are truth they are everlasting. How do we know this for a certainty? The caveat is found in John 5 verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And in John 14 verse 6 there is a clarification. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. By ingesting His Word, we are absorbing His very nature so that we can become like Him. Treat it with utmost respect, care, and embrace it wholeheartedly. It is the living Word, not just a common book.